Good music is what we want to hear. What do you mean, good music? It's what we dance to, what our children will dance to. And if you don't want to play it, then take your records and go home. Did you have a band? Good or bad? It's a great band. It's a bad band. It's like pizza, baby. It's good no matter what. There's music in the air. Before he was an internationally known rapper, he was a poet in his native Somalia. We talked to Kanan about his journey. Plus, The Hold Steady has a new album and a new lineup. I'm Jim DeRogatis. And I'm Greg Cott. Stay tuned for that and more today on Sound Opinions. From WBEZ Chicago and American Public Media, you're listening to Sound Opinions. Now it's time for some music news. Take a look at the great street. It don't seem the same. Remember how great it should be. The thing what it was. Shuts up the little fashion. People saw what they want. The street that was a part of the A rare bit of good news for the music industry, Jim. We've been documenting the precipitous decline in music sales for the last decade in the legit music industry as a result of all this rogue file sharing that's going on out there. But the British music industry had an unexpected upturn in music sales in 2009. It actually went up 1.4% the first time since 2003 that revenue has gone in the right direction as far as the music industry is concerned. That despite the fact that CD sales continue to plummet. Physical product is still going down. They had big albums last year in the UK from uh, Lady Gaga, Susan Boyle, Michael Bublé, Robbie Williams, the Beatles even reissued all their back catalog. Physical sales were way down, 6.1%. But digital music revenue was up more than 50%. That now accounts for one-fifth of the music market in the UK. It's a bigger share than ever before. As long as the digital sales keep moving up, they got a chance to recover in the music industry, and the U.K. is sort of, sort of showing the way. The bad news is that uh, overall music sales are still down below £1 billion. They haven't exceeded that level since 2006, so they're still climbing their way back to where they once were. But this is the first bit of good news in a long time for the British music industry, and the way is being led by these legitimate music services like Spotify having a positive influence on revenue in the U.K. music market. It'll be interesting to see, Jim, whether this trend crosses the pond and can affect U.S. sales in coming years. You know, Greg, April 17th, Saturday, was uh, Record Store Day once again in the U.S. 
We did a big show about it last year, talked to independent retailers from different corners of the country, a cause we truly believe in. Seems like once a year, America should come together, pay homage to these centers of musical community, which are under attack. You know, record stores are closing all across the country, some that have been in business for decades. As the music industry changes, people buy online, people download, we're losing record stores left and right. Groups of retailers have come together in recent years to celebrate the remaining independent music retailers with this Record Store Day celebration. There were 1,400 indie stores involved worldwide this year, and it started just a couple of years ago with a few hundred, uh, you know, a mere handful, basically. Now I think any indie left standing mm-hmm. is taking part in Record Store Day, and musicians are showing their love for record stores. Uh, Paul McCartney, Bob Dylan, Metallica, Radiohead, Eminem, Lil Wayne, Jay-Z, Queens of the Stone Age, Bruce Springsteen, Wilco, Kanye West, a few of the superstar names that gave special product to record stores this year. In 2008, Record Store Day accounted for about $10,000 worth of sales in particular product that bands had given to record stores for for exclusive sales for that day, right? $10,000, drop in the bucket. 2009, $250,000 worth of this special product. And I have not seen the final numbers yet for this April 17th, but it was projected to be more than half a million dollars worth in special sales. For the independent retailers, Record Store Day is now their biggest day of the year, surpassing even the Christmas rush. Wow. So, so you know, <laughs> That's I, great. I, I hope that people realize that, that, that we shouldn't just celebrate record stores on Record Store Day. You need to go there the other 364 days a year, too. The other cool thing about this year, from 2008 to 2009, the jump in, in vinyl was 225%. Mm-hmm. So people are actually selling 12-inch vinyl records on Record Store Day at these independent retailers. Some cool numbers from this year's celebration. Yeah. Believe it or not, what kept me alive is my dreams. I'm a dreamer, but I ain't the only one got problems, but we love to have fun. This is our world. From here to your hood, we alive, man. It's okay to feel good. I'm a dreamer, but I ain't the only one got problems, but we love to have fun. This is our world. That'll leave you on the side like a Kango hat He ain't have no choice, he was born this way These streets pull your number like a phone display And you gotta be defensive with your life You gotta be like Bush and take preemptive strikes And the boys from the hood are always hard Let alone in Mogadishu, it's a mastered art If you bring the world hood to a seminar We from the only place worse than Kandahar Man, that's kinda hard But we still like to party in Hardy Hall Something good happens, we say mashallah Something bad happens, que sera, sera. I close my eyes and all I can you're listening to Sound Opinions, and that is the song Dreamer from Kanan and his 2009 album Troubadour. Kanan was born in Somalia at the age of 13. He came to this country and then moved with his family to Toronto, Canada, where he picked up the English language and became an accomplished spoken word performer, poet, and MC. In 2005, his debut album came out called Dusty Foot Philosopher, and he followed it up with Troubadour in 2009. 
One of the tracks on that album, Waven Flag, has become the anthem for the 2010 World Cup in South Africa. Yeah, there's a lot of buzz for this artist, Greg, and we were really privileged to have him come by the Jim and K. Maybe studio as he was crossing the country with a fairly large band. He gave us a great performance, and we talked quite a bit. Let's, let's take it right back to the beginning. Born in Mogadishu in 1978, Somalia. I think people have a very narrow impression in this country of what that must have been like. It's just Black Hawk Down mm. and warlords, and that's yeah. about all the average American knows, I think, yeah. of your homeland. Well, I mean, my childhood was very different than that. Um, we grew up in a, in a sort of the idyllic Mogadishu, you know. In the, in the 70s, it was kind of a vacation spot and a beautiful one. People used to call it uh, paradise on earth. Somalia has the longest running shoreline in Africa, mm. and and so it's really scenic and beautiful. But lesser known is the nature of art in in this country. Somalia is known as the nation of poets. Yeah, and um, your grandfather was a celebrated poet. He right? was, yeah. yeah. But I mean, it's it's really almost every household in the in the country produces some kind of a poet. Mm. And so it's an entire country made up of critics of poetry and producer producers of poetry. So we grew up in this kind of like eloquent world and, mm. and, and beauty and, and so on. Very different from the Mogadishu today. Is there something specific about the Somali language that lends itself to, to poetry? Is it particularly lyrical? Yeah, I think it's an old language, you know, mm. and, and I think that the longer the people have been around, the more variated the, the language becomes, the more in-depth the bank of emotions become in a, in a language. And there are so many elements of, of the language, I think, that lends itself to, you know, what, what the Somali nature is, which is poetry. Yeah. And you were writing poems at a very early age, right? Yeah. In, in the country, we don't really call it writing. It's reciting, you know, because the, the Somalis have not really written. Of all the thousands of years they've existed, you know, the first time the language, the Somali language has ever been written was in 1972. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah, wow. It's, a, it's oral tradition and, and a, you know, a huge uh, language bank exists. And so by the mere nature, you know, of, of the language, see, as a child, if you learn the language, you then learn the history and, and all of it. In, in one go because it's all there in the language. Mm -hmm. And what, what kind of expression was the poetry allowing you to uh, vent? Uh, did you find yourself politically conscious or was it that you're just talking about the girl next door? Mm -hmm. what, were you, what were you... Well, when I was about seven or eight years old, my grandfather kind of called me into a room with his, uh, his friends and my mom and, and some of the other poets and playwrights that were around. And he said, you know, I think this kid is going to be a poet. <laughs> and <laughs> gonna, and uh, he said, can you recite something for us? And, uh, and I was a little nervous. And, you know, I recited something. And they, they said that I, that I kind of moved them in, in a way that they didn't expect, you know. And uh, particularly my, my mother, because I, I spoke about, at that age, spoke about my father's absence and, and the, the whispers of the neighbors and what it means, you know, what they're saying about my father being gone from my mom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and so that was kind of a very adult thing to do at that age, and they, nobody expected it. Can, I, can, you, can you give us a verse of the sort of thing you grew up writing? 
I would say, um, until the lion learns to speak, the tales of hunting will be weak. More poetry hails within the streets. More poetry fails to be discreet. It travels across the earth and seas from Somalia to the west. Indeed, it knows no boundaries. No cheese is studied in parts of Greece. Runta hadikalo hanlaha. Hey. Wow. <laughs> All right. Now I'm eager to hear how it pairs up with this incredible band you have. What are you going to play for us? I'll play you a song called America. Excellent. That is America by Kanan. What a treat to have this band here. Let's talk. We were talking before that tune about about the influence of poetry in in Somalia. You hear this music from the states. I, I gather your dad would send you records, hip hop, yeah. vinyl. Yeah, my dad happened to be well. Uh, he was in New York at the time, and we, you know, I had heard a rap record while still in Mogadishu, and I'd ask him what it was and he explained to me what what this new sound was and so he sent me an Eric B and Rakim album called Paid in Full and that's a good first introduction yeah, to well, like, thanks to dad you know <laughs> he, he knew what was going on thinking of a master plan 
Cause ain't nothing but sweat inside my hands So I dig into my pocket all my money spent So I get deep up, still coming up for Lent So I start my mission, leave my residence Thinking how could I get some dead presidents I need money I used to be a stick-up kid So I think of all the devious things I did I used to roll up, this is a hole up Ain't nothing funny, stop smiling You still don't nothing move but the money But now I learn to earn cause I'm righteous I feel great, so maybe I might just search for a nine to five. If I strive, then maybe I... So yeah, I, I kind of just memorized the phonetics of the, the English language through that record. You know? But obviously, as a, as a kid, you must have saw the parallels between the hip-hop world and your poetry. Yeah, a little bit. You know, we we have such diverse kind of poetry in, in the country. There's like the heavy, dense nomads poetry. There's the pastoral poetry there's uh, the political poetry, there's, you know, folk poetry, there's m- melody poetry, and many, many genres in, in poetry and so on. And there's one particular genre called danto, which rap kind of sounds like it emerged from. I was used to the older version of it, and I, here I am hearing a, a kind of a youthful, rebellious sort of version of it, and, and so that was very interesting for me. What about Somali music? Was that creeping into your thinking about, hey, I may eventually do something like this someday well, in my life? You know, I'd always been around music. We would go to a lot of plays and, and political theater when I was about six years old, seven years old. They started taking me to these like really important events. But I don't, you know, music had never occurred to me. I, I, I never thought I would be a musician at that age. Mm-hmm. I really didn't. There were there were too many musicians around me that were too great for me to think I was going to be one of them. Hmm. You mean it was just too daunting to imagine yourself playing an instrument or getting up yeah, there on stage? Yeah, just to, to see myself, to liken myself to the poets that I was around, you know. Mm-hmm. I thought, man, these guys got this. I, I better do something else. <laughs> <laughs> Like the block is sold. How could he be from the deepest darkest of zero to become king of New York like the Nero? And he ain't even from New York. That's what's weird, yo. Where he's from, they just We'll continue our conversation with Kanan in a minute on sound opinions from WBEZ Chicago and American Public Media. And later on, Greg will add a track that he can't live without to the Desert Island jukebox. Dead, I come prepared, I come prepared, I come prepared, I come prepared. Ready? Dead, I come prepared, I come prepared, I come prepared. 
with Somalis who walk in and invited in your VIP. And Africans love them some B.I.G. But Tupac is official H.N.I.C. And my job is to write just what I... Come. Welcome back to Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and American Public Media. I'm Greg Cott with Jim DeRogatis, and that's the song ABCs from our guest this week, Kanan. The poet and rapper grew up in Somalia and left that country at age 13 at the beginning of the Somali Civil War. Let's return to our discussion with Kanan at that point in his life. What were your memories of that time? Did you feel like your life was in danger? Oh, I know it was. Um, mm-hmm. We we lived in a time when day in and day out there were explosions and artillery fire and homes were ex- blowing up next to us. I mean, I was 11 when I uh, found a grenade behind my school and kind of was playing with it and it got unpinned and blew up my school. And oh, my God. So this was like day in and day out. The violence was getting closer. It, it went from rumors to to hearing it and sound and to feeling it and seeing it. So we knew that it was just a matter of time, but we got very, very fortunate. And my mother's audacity to want some kind of hope for us, she managed to get us a visa to the United States. And after us, Somali Airlines, which was the last commercial flight that we were on, had not flown uh, mm-hmm. since so that was it yeah you guys lived for a while in in harlem right yeah and then moved up to canada that's right was it the socialized medicine or the uh the snow or what <laughs> what was the attraction of the great white north <laughs> there, there were a few reasons i think at the time america wasn't especially new york wasn't really looking for new immigrants and so yeah. it was, immigration was difficult, but Toronto was at the time opening its doors to mm. new immigrants, so my father moved us there. Well, we want to pick up the story, but how about another song, Kenan? Sure. I could play you uh, this song uh, relevant to the journey. It's a song called Take a Minute. Excellent. Not a damn, damn thing at all And 
every time I felt the hurt and I felt the giving getting me I'm off the wall I'm just gonna take a minute and let it ride I'm just gonna take a minute and let it breeze I'm just gonna take a minute and let it ride I'm just gonna take how did Mandela get the will to surpass the everyday when injustice had him caged and trapped in every way? How did Gandhi ever withstand the hunger strikes and all? Didn't do it to gain power or money, if I recall, it's the gift. I guess I'll pass it on, mother thinks it'll lift the stress of Babylon, mother knows. My mother, she suffered blows. I don't know how we survived such violent episodes. I was so worried. It hurt to see you bleed. But as soon as you came out the hospital, you gave me sweets. Yeah. They tried to take you from me. But you still only gave them some prayers and sympathy. Dear mama, you helped me write this by showing me the gift is priceless. And any man who knows a thing knows he knows not a damn damn thing at all And every time I felt the hurt and I felt the giving getting me up off the wall I'm just gonna take a minute and let it ride I'm just gonna take a minute and let it breeze I'm just gonna take a minute and let it ride I'm just gonna take a all I can say is the worst is over now We can serve the hard times, divorce, it's over now They try to keep us out, but they doors is open now My man Akon is getting awards and covers now This is K-9, and still repping the S Coming out of moat, the show and still draped in the mess And no matter how we strong, homie It ain't easy coming out of where we from, homie And it's the reason why I can never play phony Tell them the truth is what my dead homies told me Ooh yeah, I take inspiration from the most heinous of situations Creating medication out my own tribulations Dear Africa, you helped me write this By showing me the give is priceless And any man who knows a thing knows He knows not a damn damn thing at all and every time I felt the hurt and I felt the giving getting me up off the wall I'm just gonna take a minute and let it ride I'm just gonna take a minute and let it breathe I'm just gonna take a minute and let it ride I'm just gonna take a minute To any man who knows a thing knows He knows not a damn damn thing at all and every time I felt the hurt and I felt the giving getting me up off the wall I'm just gonna take a minute and let it ride I'm just gonna take a minute and let it breeze I'm just gonna take a minute and let it ride I'm just gonna take a minute and let it breeze That is Take a Minute on Sound Opinions with Kanan and his band. We are here in the studio with Kanan. So pick up the story. You are in Toronto. You've been assimilated now into three cultures. You know, I, I got to ask, what's the first time when you saw snow? What, what kind of oh, a mind yeah. warp was that, man? Hey, it must funny, have been weird. Man, it was a funny experience. You know, because in Somali, there's no such, there's no language for snow. There's, yeah. only, uh, there's, there's, no there's snow. only a word for ice. 
So I remember hearing about it in Somalia and hearing that there was ice that fell from the sky <laughs> on people. And I thought, man, that's really terrible. You know, like, because I just kept imagining these big ice cubes falling on people's heads. So it was really, uh, it was pleasant when I saw that it was like little tiny, you know, s- snow things. I mean, I, I actually stood outside and just kind of, I just had a t-shirt on and, and was really like, I think for the first three months, I wasn't even cold because I, I had been so hot all my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my body kind of was like, okay, this is this is not bad. And then I started to get, you know, really, really cold. Obviously, you were in your teens now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had this poetry background. Were you able to start performing at any point? Or how did you see, you know, how did you end up doing music and poetry in the Canadian scene? First, it was a lot of obstacles one m- main obstacle was language i i didn't speak any english at all yeah. and i knew that it was necessary for me to get a handle on the language to be able to use it the way i i would like to and so i had to learn the language first and even after that there were a lot of uh turbulent times in my life and 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 that paused my creativity for a while only after i had a a little bit of a space, a breath from all of it, was I able to kind of just stream it all out and write music and poetry. So you started at uh, open mic nights around Toronto, is that right? Yeah, I would I would be kind of like invited to, to do these things, and I, I was really a nervous wreck. I mean, I could never mm. perform in front of people. You know, in high school, if there was like if there was a presentation for me to stand up in front of the class. I would just not show up for the week altogether, hoping they forgot. You know. <laughs> oh, was this because you were insecure about your your English? No, it was just I wasn't. I I was never the kind of guy that was could stand in front of people and take attention for himself. And so it was difficult for me. But eventually, I started doing a, a few performances here and there, and the thing got out of hand quickly. You know? <laughs> well, and then it's amazing to hear you say that, Kanan, because a few years later, at two thousand one or so. You're in front of the United Nations yeah. <laughs> making a presentation yeah, yeah. about your country. What led to that moment where you were speaking in front of this huge decision-making body? Yeah, my my writing kind of got around. I used to uh, publish works on some Somali portals and papers. And the largest Somali website at the time, which was getting millions and millions of people from all over the diaspora and in the country, would put up my my writings um, mm. on their front page and give everybody a chance to read this little kid who was writing these strange things about post trauma and mm. <laughs> and life in in the diaspora and they really took to what I was doing and um, and then uh, someone from the UN saw these things and how the Somalis were reacting to what I was doing. I got invited to this prestigious uh, event. It was their fiftieth anniversary, and so I I was supposed to do a song there but ended up doing a little bit more, you know, did a poem and mm-hmm. and so on. And is it then when kind of the music thing, okay, maybe I see a future doing this sort of thing? Yeah, I actually got quickly, I got a lot of interest and in, in quick, quick success at that point, you know, and this is 2001, but there isn't, I haven't, I didn't make an album till 2005, you see, so... There, there was that gap, and and that gap for me was the most important musical gap of my life because what I was doing was I was deciding whether I had a relevant position in music, you know, whether what I was doing was missing. Well, 
one of the first things they always try to do in the music industry, especially in this country, is try to p- put you in your slot. Yeah. Where do you belong? And was that the issue? I knew that um, that, that would happen. My concern was not really the boxing and the packaging. More, more it was my own my own internal justification for producing sound into the world. I think it's very selfish for people who just make things, you know, that are unnecessary to be made. You know? <laughs> I think it takes up space, and I don't want to ever take up space. I, I just thought, why am I here? Like, what is, the, what is the point of me creating something, and is it necessary? Is it absolutely necessary? And, and, and at some point, the answer was for me for me personally it was because i i actually was surviving my own memories and past through the melodies and songs i was making so if it was necessary for me it might be necessary for for someone else we want to finish up your story kanan but uh let's get another song first uh, what are you going to play for us i will play you this song is called waving flag Born to a throne, stronger than Rome, but violent prone, poor people's own, but it's my own, all I have known, where I got grown, streets we would roam, out of the darkness, I came the farthest, among the hardest survival, learn from these streets, it can be bleak, accept no defeat, surrender, retreat, so we fighting to eat, and we when we'll be free, so we patiently wait for that fateful day. It's not far away, but for now we say, When I get older, I will be stronger. They'll call me freedom, just like a waving flag. And then it goes back, and then it goes back, and then it goes back, and then it goes. When I get older, I will be stronger. They'll call me freedom, just like a waving flag. And then it goes back, and then it goes back. Stronger, 
Wave and Flag on Sound Opinions. That was Kanan with his band here in the Jim and Kane Maybe studio. You were underselling your, your song. You, you did this huge video with this particular song. It is becoming, uh, it, it is a theme song for, yeah. for the upcoming World Cup, right? Yeah. An amazing accomplishment. And it has that sort of anthemic quality. You could see this being sung in stadiums around the world. Did you envision that song when you wrote it as something that was going to end up being used no. In this particular way, it must have been a huge honor to, to yeah, see it. Yeah, it was an incredible honor. I didn't think about all of that at all. Me personally, I don't let the thoughts of what might happen with something creep up into my uh, my process of making something, you know, because I think it might affect the making of it. And I, I, just, I remember just writing from a moment of discontent, you know, and wanting to get out of that the, the darkness and find a, a little moment of, of light. You, you talked earlier about wanting sort of defining okay what is my purpose here uh, a decade ago when you had doubts about whether or not you wanted to do this clearly you have resolved that and whether you want to be or not uh, a lot of what you do is perceived politically uh, socially in fact some of the songs are rather pointed on this most recent record in saying uh, there, there's some artists out there who are selling millions of records and they're not really saying anything. Well, when you have a song like ABCs, right, yeah. where you're talking about how kids in Mogadishu are learning how to shoot a gun before they can recite their ABCs, all these rappers who are talking about how cool gunplay is, they've never even seen one, much mm. less seen the damage it can do to somebody they love. Yeah, I mean, it was, it's a different kind of, I think, violence. You know, I think that American version of violence, and, and especially in music, is is really adapted from uh, cinema. When you watch films and and you see that it's beautiful and likable, you know the way the guy poses with the gun, with his cool posture mm-hmm. when he shoots. And but violence, real violence, is is ugly. It's a cracked rip. It's it's yeah. someone crumbling. It's ugly. It's a mother crying. You know, mm-hmm. this is the violence that we know because it's so vast and rampant. And so it's difficult for me to be a guy that glorifies violence having really seen it, you know. I, yeah. And, and you seem to believe wholeheartedly that music can be a vehicle for change or at least should put something out there that is going to affect some kind of change. I mean, I, you know, I, I do think it does that, whether we acknowledge it or not. And I don't, I'm not opposed to great love songs, you know. I, you know, I like them just as much as everybody else, you know. You know, I like being entertained, too, and, and fast cars and, you know, but there comes a moment when we have to just start to reflect what we're seeing in in the world as well. You know, it's very difficult for me to think about <laughs> think about the, the clubs 
when I know that there's an earthquake going on. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's just there's a disconnect between what is happening and what is being written about. Kenan, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming in. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Uh, let me introduce me. I don't got a pack due to the fact I'm Africa's rap Bruce To listen to Kenan's entire live performance, visit soundopinions.org. To sound off on the show, call 888-859-1800 or email interact at soundopinions.org. We'll be back in a minute on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and American Public Media with a review of the new album from American rockers, The Hold Steady. Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and American Public Media. That is a song called Soft in the Center from the new album Heaven is Whenever, the fifth in the career of The Hold Steady. Greg, we had Craig Finn and Tad Kubler and the boys in the band as guests on Sound Opinions a while back. They have been going strong since early in the new millennium. Originally, those two gentlemen were part of a Minneapolis band called Lifter Puller. They migrated to Brooklyn, Hipster Central, right? Didn't initially think they were going to put a band together, but wound up coming back together, making music, making music based on the kind of 70s bar band, arena rock, heavy on the Bruce Springsteen. Lo and behold, they began to build a following as the hold steady. The band is rounded out with several other talented musicians, including a really interesting keyboardist and uh, possessor of the uh, most distinctive mustache in indie rock in the last <laughs> yeah. 20 or 30 years, Franz Nikolai. For album number five here, Nikolai has left the group. He was considered a big part of the sound of that 2006 breakthrough album by the hold steady, Boys and Girls in America, their third album. Now it's album number five. They don't have the keyboardist anymore. What do they have? We're going to play a song, and as always with these record reviews, come back and give our opinions. This is called We Can Get Together by The Hold Steady from the new album, Heaven Is Whenever, on Sound Opinions. She played happiness and happening. She played happiness and happening. 
We can get together from the Hold Steady's fifth album on Sound Opinions, Heaven Is Whenever. Jim, you mentioned the uh, departure of Franz Nikolai after the completion of the 2008 album, Stay Positive. The keyboards uh, tended to dominate that record, and it was the fussiest and slickest that the Hold Steady had ever sounded. And I think as a result, took away a lot of the strengths of what that band was all about. What I think was really appealing about that band was sort of that shaggy dog charm that they brought to those earlier records. They felt like they were sort of stumbling around in the dark and <laughs> making up these songs as they went along. Yeah. And even though that wasn't the case, they, they certainly made you feel that way. Heaven is whenever, I think, as an attempt to sort of reconcile those two styles. The more ambitious songcraft that they were going for on that 2008 album with the sort of the wild haymakers they were throwing on those earlier records. And it doesn't quite get all the way there for me. There are a few attempts at hugely ambitious songwriting, especially the final song in the record. It's this seven-minute, heavily orchestrated track where you hear Craig Finn actually trying to sing. We'll through the night Our struggle still feels wonderful most days I love it when you turn on your lights The struggle still feels wonderful tonight Finn is not exactly a singer. He's sort of this sing-speak, street-philosopher type of character catching him in the stream of consciousness in the middle of the street, and they flip the microphone on. That, that's the charm uh, of the you, guy, he, and that's also the downfall of the guy. He wears his influences on his sleeve, and look, you know, Craig Finn is an obstacle to overcome for some people. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, I love Jack Kerouac and Husker <laughs> Du. You forgot to mention the Husker Du homage of We Can Get Together. The guy just name drops nonstop. I got a real problem with this band. 
I have panned <laughs> all of their albums. I do not like this band on record. I do not. I do not. Can't go there. But live, they're magical. Part of it is Craig Finn looks like such a schlub. You know, yeah. he looks like he should be teaching, you know, shop class at a vocational technical institute, right? But he's got those glasses and, and you know, he's so excited. He's read beat poetry. He can't read Big Sur enough. He loves his Kerouac. He loves his Husker Du. He's going to throw things in there just because he's so excited about it. And his charm on stage is so infectious. You can't help but like this guy. Plus, the rhythm section is great. They're a wonderful bar band. But you take them out of the bar and you put them on your stereo and it's really hard to get down because then the the voice begins to bother me. The overproduction at times wears on me. Love them live. Was thrilled when they were on the radio show. I thought it was one of our best in-studio performances ever. Hate their records. Sorry, Craig. Buy it, burn it, trash it. It's a trash it record, Craig. See, I think you're wrong on that. I think this is a transitional record. It is not a great hold steady record. I'm going to give it a burn it, though, because I think they're trying to get to somewhere new, and I applaud the effort. Maybe they'll get there next time. They didn't quite make it this time. I tell you, little buddy, this whole island is bewitched. As often as possible here on Sound Opinions, Greg or I like to take a trip to the desert island, pop a quarter in the jukebox, and play you a song we can't live without. Mr. Cott, what do you got? Jim, thank you. Canon inspired me to think about a particular era of hip-hop music where, once again, you were starting to see artists emerge who were kind of ill-defined. Canon was talking about the fact that, you know, I don't really fit in to any particular genre. And I think there was a legion of artists in that era about a decade and a half ago that had a similar vibe where they were inspired by hip-hop. But the hip-hop purists didn't exactly see them as hip-hop MCs. In other words, hey, man, you don't have the two turntables and a microphone thing going on. What's this with the live band backing? Don't quite understand what you're doing. I'm thinking about artists like Me, Fi, Me, Basehead, mm. even Arrested Development to a degree sure. uh, were in that bag where they were blending a lot of different genres but with an MC up front. I think one of the very best in that league was a group known as Spearhead. They're still going strong. Michael Fronte, the front man. Their debut album came out in 1994 called Home. Fronte had been in a previous band out of Northern California called the Disposable Heroes of Hypocrisy, And they experimented with more avant-garde type of music, including industrial music. With Spearhead... He went in a more neo-soul direction. In fact, he anticipated that whole neo-soul movement that would give us artists like Erica Badu and D'Angelo, blending the hip-hop consciousness with those soul vibes, you know, female backing singers, live instrumentation, but with an inner-city hip-hop sensibility out front. Fronte, a great socially conscious rapper, and I think one of the most significant songs from that era was this one that I'm going to play from that debut Spearhead record. It's called Hole in the Bucket from Spearhead on Sound Opinions. I work nine to five and stars in the PM, and I love the sunrise, so I step out in the AM. The street is black and shiny from the nightly rainy. The glory of the light brings evaporation. Mornings fresh, oxygen cleanest. I take a deep hit, help my mind stay the greenest. I'm already baked, so I'm not drinking coffee. Don't want a cigarette. 
Cause it's a form of slavery Walking to the store Cause I need a few items The sun heats my blood Like a hit of vitamins I need to buy some food Some food for my dreads I can't remember why But I need a spool of thread Well a man with dirty dreads He steps around the corner He asks me for a dime A nickel or a quarter I don't have any chains So I'm stepping along But as I'm walking past He sings to me a song There's a hole in the bucket Brothers, why? What's gonna happen if I give the man a quarter? Will he find a dealer and try to place an order? What's gonna happen if I give the man a nickel? Will he buy some food or some pork that's been pickled? I'm not responsible for the man's depression. How can I find compassion in the midst of a recession? How can all these questions keep up with my head? And I still can't remember why I need a spool of thread. There's a hole in the bucket. Dear Liza. Hole in the Bucket by Michael Franti in Spearhead on Sound Opinions. Nice choice, Greg, for a Desert Island jukebox pick. What do we have on the show next week? Next week, Jim, we've got some buried treasures, records that have slipped underneath the mainstream radar but uh, that we feel you can't live without. Greg, as always, we have some thank yous to say on the way out. Kanon and his band were recorded by Drew Bodker and Adam Yaffe. As always, our producers are the wise and witty Jason Saldana and Robin Lynn. And our executive producer and fearless leader is Tori Southside Malatia. On Sound Opinions, everyone's a critic. So give us a call on our hotline, 1-888-859-1800. Please call me, baby, wherever you are. It's too cold to be out walking in the streets. New messages. Hey, guys. Nando from Chicago. Um... I'm calling about your review of MGMT's record, Congratulations, from your last show. I'm going to have to agree with Greg. What an awesome record. I was really surprised. There's some pretty decent songwriting here. And, Jim, I disagree with you. I think they do have things to say, and I think they're doing a pretty good job of saying those things here. All this psychedelic rock referencing, all the name-checking, I mean, there's a song called Brian Eno. That's risky.
It's tough to pull it off without sounding phony, and I think they pulled it off. I think it's heartfelt, there's good lyrics, plus there's this sort of dark sense of humor, which I think is great. I think the more I listen, the more I like this record, and I think most people just write it off because of management or agency or whatever. People listen to Greg. It's a good record. Give it a chance. Go hear for yourself. Thanks, guys. Later. This is Jesse Stern calling from Los Angeles. Uh, been listening to your podcast for a while and wanted to just comment about the uh, Erica Badu review. Whatever anyone says about your opinions, what I appreciate is that you actually listen to it more than once, which really goes against the stereotypical reviewer or suit who you know tends to listen to the first minute and a half you know, up to the second verse and then switches to the next track. So I uh, just wanted to say I appreciate that, that you're actually giving a, an informed opinion that's based on actually listening. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Bye. Chicago. Just giving a call because lately, I mean, I love the show, but you've been putting on just the sleepiest stuff. I mean, with the exception of that class show, I mean, it's been all Vivian girls from like a million miles away, and I'm sorry, but Beach House is just sleepy, sleepy stuff. So, you know, it's getting nice out. Bring some rock. Bring something that'll get all up in your face. I look forward to that, and thanks so much for the show. Hi, this is Dustin in Richmond. Virginia, listening on WRIR, Richmond Independent Radio, and I got a question. You bill yourselves as the only program about rock and roll. Well, where is it? The last couple months in general, there's not been one shred of what you, what even you guys called rock. Come on, Erica Badu, Dream Pop Duo Beach House, what felt like an hour on a stinking operatic song cycle from David Byrne, and a segment on that teeny pop kid Justin Bieber, for crying out loud? Before that were shows about synth pop. I want to hear about the next Stooges, the next Modern Lovers, or the next Ramones. And I wonder from you, you so-called rock journalist, but all you're giving me is the next Donna Summers. Rock isn't dead. I know. I live in Richmond, for God's sake. Do your job, dig a little, and find some real rock and roll. No more messages. To give us your opinion on sound opinions, call our hotline, 1-888-859-1800. We'll be back next week with sound opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media.